Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode two of A Hit to the Head. Today, I'm joined by a longtime friend and former ice hockey teammate, Jason Dratch. And today, we're going to be talking about the NHL playoffs, reviewing the qualifier round slash playing round, along with first round matchup predictions and takes. Without further ado, I'm going to switch over to our conversation. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun recording, and I hope you guys had as much fun listening to it as we are talking about it. Hey, Jay, welcome to the podcast. Glad, glad you could be here. Hey, Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself, brother? I'm doing great. Awesome. All right, so playoffs start today. Uh, game one's at 3 o'clock. We got Tampa and Columbus. Um, but before we get into all that, I want to do a little recap of the qualifying slash playing round, whatever you want to call it, and just do a quick little review for everyone uh, who wasn't able to catch all the games. And um, we're going to start with, let's see, let's start with the Rangers right off the bat. What was your takeaway from that series? My takeaway from that is that the Hurricanes are really deep. And I mean deep enough to make a run, possibly. Yeah, for sure. They dominated the Rangers. Yeah, the Carolina Hurricanes are for sure a wagon. And honestly, I'm going to have them going, like you said, really deep in the playoffs. I'll even have them go to the finals. They're just that hot going forward. But I think that series, it wasn't so much as Carolina being hot. I think it was just the Rangers being a gong show having no business being in the playoffs whatsoever. That's true. The Rangers should not have been there. Like this, All they have is Panarin. Yeah, Panarin, Panarin and Zibanejad, like, I'll even like read off the point total. So you have Panarin with 95 points, Zibanejad with 75. Zibanejad's your starting center, Panarin your starting winger. And then you have Ryan Strom, who's your second line, with 59 and then your defenseman, uh, Anthony D'Angelo, who I believe he's a rookie. If not, then it's his second year in the league uh, with 53 points, not a big deal. And then Pavel Bushnevich with 46, who is easily the most overrated player uh, in the NHL. I tend to agree with that. And I believe the Rangers... Although they had no place being in this playoffs, they definitely made off well with um, the first pick in the draft lottery. For sure. The draft lottery was conducted yesterday, uh, Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And what uh, went down was it was a lottery draft uh, between the eight teams that lost in the qualifiers to see who would be awarded the first overall pick, each team being given 18.5% odds. And the Rangers came out on top, being given the first overall pick in the 2020 NHL draft. And uh, I just recently wrote an article about this, saying that that's not that bad of a consolation prize after being the only team swept in the qualifiers. Now I also find it a bit surprising that they swept them. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure Dougie, Dougie Hamilton wasn't in the lineup for any of the games. He might have been there for the last one. Yeah, that's sure a good the first point. Dewey wasn't there. Star defense and then still dominating honestly you could have taken out like all of carolina's like second third line and they still probably would have beat them maybe not a sweep but you, they definitely still would have advanced i don't think the rangers had any business whatsoever being in that series 
And what I find interesting is that when the league was voting for the 2014 format, the Hurricanes were one of the only teams to vote against it. Um, and personally, I believe it's because they were 4-0 in the regular season against the Rangers. And they had a feeling that if they had to face them, that they'd just get sandbagged. But obviously that, that wasn't uh, the situation. Moving on from the Rangers, I want to talk about Toronto and what a dumpster fire of a franchise that is. What is your take on that series? Well, to begin, they have generational talents in Austin Matthews. They have some great, uh, there's some great talent in um, Nylander. Yeah. Some great defense. Their goalie, he's, he played okay. I mean, Columbus really, really is a gritty team. So they just kind of dominated below the um, the red line. Yeah. Kept dumping and chasing, and Toronto couldn't really handle all the pressure. Yeah. They handled it a bit in the, a couple of games, but Columbus was just the faster team, I think. In Columbus, and, you know, it, it it's a classic John Tortorella coach team where, you know, they don't need any superstars. They're just in such a tight system where, like, okay, if someone goes down, next man up. But, you know, you're going to get, you know, production from all four lines, all 3D pairs. And, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, for instance, who was drafted the same year as uh, Austin Matthews, uh, he was drafted third overall. And he's just an absolute buzzsaw. He can score, he can hit, he can win face-offs. And you saw, I believe it was game three... Uh, where he won it in overtime after uh, the team came back from a 3-0 deficit. And uh, he won it in overtime by completing a hat trick. Uh, and that's really... Pierre-Luc Dubois? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I feel that was really the nail in the coffin for Toronto. After I saw Dubois uh, top off that hat trick, I thought, you know, Toronto's done. They, they can't come They're... back from this. They were very lucky to come back from the 3-0 deficit in Game 4. Right. And I think just game five, it was only a matter of time before Toronto, their light went out. And watching like game five and even throughout the series, you know, you just noticed Toronto lost the will to just keep going. And, you know, as you mentioned before, all the talent they had, like uh, Mitch Marner, uh, Austin Matthews, William Nylander. And after all those years of struggling and failing to produce, they went after John Tavares who was a marquee free agent a couple years ago, and they signed him to, you know, roughly $11 million. And, uh, you know, seeing this clip of him, uh, I it was the second period in game five where wide open net hits the post. No goal. And that's I think that's the way the season went for them. Yeah, that's just the perfect, you know, metaphor, simile, whatever you want to call it for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think it's almost time to break them up. I mean, you keep Tavares, you keep Matthews, but the other pieces, you could definitely get some good prospects for them. But, you know, I, I don't... Soon, I don't even, maybe after a couple more years, they're going to have to. Yeah, I don't even think it's a matter of, like, wanting to dish them out. They're going to have to because you have Matthews, Marner, and Tavares alone. They, they released, um, you know, player bonuses after this season for you know production during the season and all and the maple leafs alone for those three players they dished out i believe 40 million dollars 
just on those three players alone. And you can... It's crazy. Having that much talent on that line alone, it's not enough to win games. So I'm not surprised they get bounced the first round or they miss the playoffs because having players make that much on their team, you, you lose the ability to afford, you know, defensemen or, you know, bottom six forwards who can really score for you. And, you know... I agree. Now they're just going to have to pay the ultimate price of having, you know, either Mitch Marner walk or you know, trade Nylander, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, but I I think this yeah, year... Yeah, I don't, I don't see them winning around. For sure. I think it was a make future for them. With this core. But I I love the Blue Jackets. Especially oh, yeah. Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones. They are by far the best uh, defensive pairing in the NHL. There is no one who comes close. Mm-hmm. You know... And I have to agree with you. I mean, next closest, I'd say maybe Lightning with Hedman and I don't even know. Mikhail He's Yeah, Sergachev. McDonough's kind of ass now, but he used to be good. They overpaid for him. Right. The only difference, what separates them from you know other deep pairs is that Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, they have prototypical size. You know, Seth Jones is 6'4", 210 and some change. Zach Wierenski, 6'2", similar weight. And individually, they're both all-stars. They can lead the team offensively and defensively. You know, Wierenski's coming off a 20-goal season as a defenseman, which is mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and Seth Jones, one of the best in the game. For sure. <laughs> and as they're entering the first round against, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, the same team they swept a year ago, you know, I think they're going to have similar can, dominance, but we'll get. I in- can see a similar result. Right, but we'll get into that shortly. Especially if Admin's out. Um, another series I want to talk about real quick before we get into the first round is Canadiens versus Pittsburgh Penguins. What was your biggest takeaway from that series? My biggest takeaway would have to be just surprise, honestly. Obviously, because the Penguins. I mean, they played a team that had no place being in the playoffs, had a even record in the regular season, pretty sure. Right. And yeah, the Penguins fifth in the um, in the Eastern Conference. I just really don't think the Canadians had any place being there other than Carey Price. And right. the Penguins embarrassed themselves a bit. And what's interesting about uh, the Habs, the Canadians, is that they were the last team uh, to make the qualifiers, as a matter of fact. Uh, just in front of them was the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, and then uh, the Canadians topped off uh, the final uh, 24 team list. And entering the series against the Penguins, I was anticipating the Penguins to to struggle at first. You know, I I first saw like the Habs getting maybe one squeaking in two games, um, but the Penguins would ultimately um, you know figure it out because they struggled real hard at the end of the regular season uh, prior to the suspension of play. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. were one of the coldest teams going into uh, the playoff run. But, you know, I figured all this time off, uh, they'd be one of those teams that, you know, uh, they'd get it to click in the off season, Or not off season, but, you know, the time off. Um, excuse me. I mean, they had the pieces. Right, they you know, really you do. figure it's having just... Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, Evgeny Malkin, just to name a few, 
you know, they they'd get it together quick, but you know, that just wasn't the case. Um, you know, it it really shows that like a team game goes above and beyond talent absolutely. because Montreal definitely does not have talent wise what Pittsburgh has and they dominated. What I love about Montreal though is that they're just taking this whole situation in running with it because you know we we mentioned it before uh no reason to be here um you know they're they're obviously in the rebuild stage you know they're just piecing together prospects for now um and then you know hopefully three or so years down the road uh they can start contending in the east um but they they were easily the underdogs but you just had goaltender carry price who is unquestionably the the best goaltender in the NHL. You know, you can't change my mind about that. This dude just stands on his head game in, game out, shows up uh, when his team needs He's him. unbelievable. You know, he, he helps the team win games or stay in games that they've, you know, absolute no place being in. Um, and, you know, it, it just shows that, like you said, having a deeper team is you know much better than relying on Malkin or Sid having to do it all. And Malkin himself, he was he looked rough in the playoffs. He mm-hmm. looked rough. He did. I I've never it's surprising. seen exactly. I've never seen him look that that bad in any big game before. Actually, games plural. I don't. Yeah. He just wasn't consistent along with the other teams. Yeah, I agree with you. Before uh, we jump into uh, the matchups heading into the first round, any other notes you want to uh, include on the qualifiers? Um, I just want to let it be known that like, don't be surprised that the Blackhawks take a couple games from the Golden Knights in this next round because <laughs> the Oilers, they are not a piece of cake, you know? Don't even get me started. It's not like the Blackhawks should run over them, but... I know, right. I know your feelings about the Blackhawks. Don't worry, they they are good. They surprised a few people, but they didn't surprise me. Right, and uh, the Chicago Blackhawks and Edmonton Oilers uh, best of five game series. It was the only series where uh, the betting odds for uh, the over under of goals scored. It was the only one where it was six and a half goals, and they surpassed it every game. Uh, except for uh, the prior two, or the previous two. Um, but game one, 10 goals were scored. You know, it was just an offensive mm-hmm. shootout. And it just came down to who could uh, use the bottom six more. And for Edmonton mm-hmm. Oilers, you know, you obviously have the greatest player in the world, Connor McDavid, uh, you know, unquestionably the best. Uh, Not know, a bad second player in Leon Dreisaitl leading the league in points. 110 points in 70 games, not a big deal. Um, you know, it, having to rely on those guys, it, it's not a foundation for success, obviously. Um, similar story to Pittsburgh, I think. Absolutely. Where if you have all these all this talent, you know, but you don't have that much depth, you know. Absolutely. Darnell Nurse, your second line center, I think. For Darnell Nurse is a defenseman. He's their first pair of defensemen with uh, Oscar Clefbaum. He's defenseman? Yeah. I could have sworn he was forward. Nah. He's a beauty of a defenseman, but you didn't really hear much of him in the qualifiers. You know, Mm -hmm. you might have 
you might have seen him throw a few hits, but apart from that, he was kind of lackluster along with the horror, uh, whole group as a collective. I agree. All right. One one more little tidbit I just want to add. Um, sure. The Arizona Coyotes. Oh, my. They kind of surprised me a bit, too. They're a They're not fun wagon. to watch. They are not fun to watch. Very boring games, but they get the job done. I don't see how they did it, honestly. I think the Predators were a better team. But On paper, Predators yes. Predators are known to crumble. Uh, they're known to crumble. Arizona, I, I think they're a wagon. They are hot. They're buzzing and uh, knocking the Nashville Predators out of the qualifiers is no easy feat. And you look at their team, it's just a bunch of guys who are dished off uh, for salary salary cap implications uh, or, you know, just cancerous teammates like former Devils uh, uh, Hart Trophy winner Taylor Hall um, along with Phil Cheeseburger uh, Kessel from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And these guys just pieced together this real deep and gritty team uh, that just rose up out of the earth and overwhelmed. I like a lot of their players. Their yeah. young players like Dvorak and Garland. I like those guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, they play the game well and smart. Yeah. They just came out of nowhere and just pieced together this real solid game plan uh, and, you know, overwhelmed they, Nashville. Their coach deserves a lot of credit, I think. For sure. For sure. All right. With all that said and done, let's hop right into first round matchups. Let's start with the East. We're going to go right to uh, the Philadelphia Flyers versus the Montreal Canadiens. I want to hear your take on them. Well, um, me personally, as you know, I'm a Flyers fan. Yeah. I think they look really good. They look really dominant. Yeah, as much um, as I hate to say the it. Thing yeah. that, the only thing that worries me is Carey Price. But with our, the way our offense is going, I think we'll be able to solve them. I don't think Montreal will be able, able to handle all the pressure that flows throw them yeah i mean the flyers like i said before i i hate to admit it but they're they're on fire they're absolutely on fire scoring from all cylinders lockdown defense uh real good goaltending uh one of the one of the teams playing in the the round robin for seeding and they just dominated all all the teams that already qualified for playoffs like washington capitals boston bruins tampa bay lightning they just dominated them in every aspect. And, and the depth was really on display. For sure. And, you know, I I like Montreal, but it, they won't be able to repeat what they did against the Penguins to the Flyers. But uh, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. I have the series going to six games, uh, but Philly obviously taking it. I have Montreal I squeaking. I see that happening. I have Montreal squeaking in a couple wins. Um, but you know, it, it's going to come down to defense, um, and Montreal just doesn't have defense. They have Carey Price, but you know, a goalie can only do so much with an underwhelming defensive core. I agree. How many games, uh, would you say the series goes to? And be honest, I mean, don't per- you dare personally- say sweet. Personally, I think five. I think Montreal gets one win along the line, but I don't think they'll be able to handle the Flyers. Okay. I could see it going six, though. Easily. Right. 
We're going to jump on uh, Tampa Bay and Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, let's I'm hear excited take for this series. Yeah. Um, repeat of last year, Columbus swept the President Trophy winner, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, shocked a lot of people, but I don't think they're going to be shocking anyone anytime soon, you know? They just won their first-round matchup. No one's really looking at them as underdogs. Obviously, they're underdogs to the Lightning, but anything can happen in right. these playoffs. As you mentioned, we've seen uh, it before. As you mentioned, they're coming off a qualifying round uh, win over the Toronto Maple Leafs, and entering the matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know they swept the Lightning in 2019 in the first round. Uh, Tampa Bay just couldn't get anything done against Tortorella's team, uh, and you know I think the same thing is going to happen again, especially because you look at the Lightning's roster and they're starting to get really. Uh, handicapped with injuries like prior to uh, the playoff format even beginning you saw Steven Stamkos go down with injury he's out for the whole playoffs and now you just lost Mm -hmm. arguably the best defenseman in the league Victor Hedman he's out uh, you know undetermined could be out for the whole series it's hard to tell but I think if the Lightning are going to have any chance this series they're really going to need to rely on their top players and Kucherov point all right. those guys, and Vasilevsky's really going to have to stand on his head. Yeah, I, I need to see a lot from Nikita Kucherov. You know, last year, uh, we keep on mentioning how they were swept, and Tampa being the President's Trophy winner for having the most wins and points in the season. But speaking of points, you know, you had Nikita Kucherov put up uh, an astounding 134 points in the regular season last year. And you see him in the postseason, you know, maybe had an assist or two, you know, nothing more. And mm-hmm. if if they're going to make it past Columbus this year and get their revenge, you need to see him produce a lot more. You need to see him getting at least, you know, a point a game. I agree, especially with him being such an all-star caliber right. player. So how many games would you say the series goes to? I think in the end, Tampa's going to win in seven. I really? believe this goes the distance. You think it's going to go seven games? I believe. Wow, I go in the complete opposite. To, I have Columbus in five. Okay. I have a similar repeat to last year, only giving Tampa one game. Just because okay. you know, they have all that talent, you figure they could squeak one win in there. Uh, especially because Columbus doesn't have... Artemi Panarin or Sergei Bobrovsky anymore, but yeah, I I don't like John Cooper as a head coach for the Lightning. He's not a winner. He's not a leader for this team. Doesn't put together good game plans, and Tampa just doesn't have anyone to get them out of the gutter. I agree with that. They're just a regular but season team. I although I think the Lightning will win. I would not be surprised if Columbus takes it in what you said, five. Yeah. I could even see another sweep if the Lightning don't play well enough. You know, right. the Columbus is definitely going to take advantage of that. We're going to move along here. We're going to discuss the Capitals versus Islanders. What's your quick take on it? Don't be surprised if the Islanders win this really? one. Me personally, I have the Capitals, but, you know, Barry Trotz playing his former team. Right. I could see a lot happening this series. Ovechkin wasn't too 
doing too well in the round robin games. They're going to need to rely on him heavily, especially their top line. And Brain Holfi is going to have to stand on his head, too, if they're going to beat them. The yeah. Islanders are a very well-coached team. What I'm, what I'm skeptical of for the Capitals is that not only uh, is Braden Holpe hit or, hit or miss in the postseason, you know, he's either the former Vesna Trophy winner or he's just some Joe Schmo in the crease. And uh, like Toronto, sorry, like uh, Tampa Bay, Washington is starting to get bogged down by injuries. Uh, we saw John Carlson uh, suffer an injury. We don't know if he'll uh, be back for the full series. And we also saw Evgeny Kuznetsov go down yesterday with an apparent injury. Um, and I I just don't know if they'll be able to deal with the New York Islanders. They're, like you said, just a really uh, good coach team. Real, it They're a boring team to watch, uh, just their style just, of play. No, no scoring, yeah. very defensive focused. You know, if they score, it's going to be an ugly goal, you know, tip in or scrum in front of the net. But, you know, yeah. no pretty play, but the they get thing, the job done. I just, I don't um, want the Islanders to get too confident over this qualifying round win because I don't think the Panthers were that much of a hard matchup for them. They really dominated these games. Panthers squeaked that one, but I believe right. the Islanders were the much better team in that series. Yeah. They won. And I could see them beating the Capitals for sure. Just, you know, the Capitals are not the Panthers. Being the Caps in how many games? I want to say six. Six? I want to say six. I have the Washington Capitals taking the series in seven. I think New York is going to give them a run for their money. Washington will struggle a little bit, but... I feel that Ovi and Nick Backstrom and Co. will, you know, rise up, and they won't bounce in the first round again like they did last year. Uh, you know, Ovi wants to win another cup. I think he will. I don't think this year, but I think he will eventually. Right. We're gonna move along here. The last game, uh, the last series in the Eastern Conference. Sorry. We had the Boston Bruins versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Your thoughts? This one's really interesting because I think both of the teams are extremely deep. Yeah. Obviously, the Bruins won the President's Trophy. They're the only team with 100 points in the shortened season. Right. But I think that the Bruins, you know, they, they say these round-robin games don't matter. But to me, I feel like they should have came well-prepared for them. They shouldn't have gone swept in these games. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure they did. And I believe the Hurricanes, who are coming off a sweep of the Rangers themselves, right. can easily take advantage of this Bruins team. Because right. they, they're going to surprise a lot of people with this, I think. The Hurricanes will win in six games. I don't think the Bruins can handle all the pressure the Hurricanes are going to throw at them. I like the point you make on the Bruins really struggling in the round robin. And uh, what I'd like to bring up is that their first line, they struggled so bad. You know, Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, uh, you know, David Pasternak. They struggled hard. Arguably the best line of the league. Yeah. I'd say the best. On paper, myself. you know, they on paper they should be scoring like two, three goals a game alone. But you have, you have a Selkie nominee in Patrice Bergeron year in and year out. Yeah. 
um, Pasternak really coming into his own as just a superstar player. And Marshan, you can't forget about that dirty scumbag. But, <laughs> you know, he's still really good, even though he's a dirty piece. But that's about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I just love this Carolina Hurricanes team. I don't know what it is about them, whether it's just their grittiness, uh, their speed, you know, all their talent, or Rod the Bod Brindamore coaching them. But it, yeah. it's enough to make I, me say I have the Hurricanes in six. I agree with you. And um, I think the Hurricanes last year, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. They sur- surprised a lot of people. They're not going to be surprising people. They are a dominant team, and I could see them going to the Eastern Conference Finals, possibly the Finals. Yeah, I I definitely can see them going to the Finals. If they keep it up at this rate, they'll for sure contend for the Cup this year. We're going to move it on to the West now. Uh, let's hear your thoughts on Chicago Blackhawks versus uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, okay, this one's interesting, too. A lot of people have Vegas rolling over the Blackhawks, but... A lot of people had the Oilers rolling over the Blackhawks. So, you know, I just, I'm not going to be surprised if Vegas wins. Like, they could very well win. They're a very well-coached team. They're great talent-wise. They have a great goalie in Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, future Hall of Famer. the Blackhawks, you can never count them out. No. Especially with the way Taves is producing. Taves, Corey Crawford especially. Uh, No. And they're young rookies too. Right. Uh, I remember uh, them saying that the Chicago Blackhawks have roughly nine players in the bubble who have no playoff experience. So it's just a bunch of young guys. It's it's still the same core of Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, uh, Duncan Keith, but you're surrounding yeah. them with all these younger, faster, uh, more talented players, and they have this new identity. The youngest that, team. Yeah. Right? The youngest team in the in the NHL, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, average age 25 and a half. Um, and it, it's all led and by... And that's with old Duncan Keith on their team. Yeah, He's Duncan like 38, Keith, is he? 36? 37, you know, around that range. And it's all led by head coach Jeremy Carlton, who himself is 35 years old, uh, youngest coach in NHL history. Um, but I, I loved what I saw from them against Edmonton. And I think they have enough momentum to take over uh, Vegas simply because Vegas doesn't... I mean, What's that? I was just going to say, like, the Blackhawks, they were struggling in the beginning of the year, but they really turned it on near the end before yeah. the pause. Once it came close to the All-Star break, some just clicked and they started to get their uh, act together. And towards the end, they started to make uh, a semi-decent run. Um, but... I I don't like Vegas just because, you know, they don't have any stars. They're kind of like the Minnesota Wild where, you know, they they don't rely on one guy. They just kind of have a deep team and rely on everyone to get, uh, you know, score goals. Um, but, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not that confident in their ability in the postseason. Um, that's why I have uh, Chicago routing them in six. Okay. Um, I think, personally, Chicago's going to give them a run for their money. But I think Vegas will end up winning in six. Just really? because they they showed some extreme depth in scoring-wise yeah. in the round robin. They scored six goals two of the games, I'm pretty sure, five goals one of the game. Right. 
they were just really dominant, just like the Flyers in their round robins. So, what it comes down although to, although Chicago's hot, Vegas, right? What we said. What it comes down to in that series, it'll have to be defense, um, and who can get uh, more scoring from their bottom six forwards. Um, because we all know Patrick Kane can score. We all know William Carlson on Vegas can score. Uh, we all know Marc-Andre Fleury for Vegas can stand on his head in big games. Uh, we know Corey Crawford can do the same. Um, but it'll come down to defense, blocking shots, doing the gritty work, uh, winning face-offs. You know, just, just the small things. And I feel that whoever can piece together uh, those, little, those little fields uh, will come out on top. But, you know, I'm still riding high in Chicago after Edmonton. That's why I have him in six. We're going to move along to St. Louis Blues versus Vancouver Canucks. Let's hear your take. I like this. I like yeah. this series a lot. The, yeah. the Blues, to me, they won the Stanley Cup last year, but I feel like they just don't look the same. Some, something changed for me. Agreed. And I think I really think Vancouver, they're hot, they're young. I think they could easily win this series. And honestly, really? I have them winning really? in seven games. Man. Seven? So I believe Vancouver is the better team going into it, but the Blues could easily mm. pull off a few wins. Mm. I, I hear what you're saying about their young talent, but I, I don't think it's enough to route St. Louis just because you know they have such a deep team. You know, they're unreal in the face-off circle. They have one of, if not the best, uh, defensive core in the NHL, top to bottom. Uh, Jordan Bennington is still an elite goaltender. Um, and I I just don't feel Vancouver can withstand uh, the firepower that the Blues have. Um, you know, I, I have it being a quick series. I have St. Louis winning in five. You know, I... Vancouver, uh, you know, really shut down the Minnesota Wild and the qualifiers, but it this isn't the Minnesota Wild. This is a former Stanley Cup championship team, and you know they're they're here to make a stand on their title. Yeah, I love the Blues, but I just I don't know. I could see them winning this round for sure, but I don't think they get past the second round this year. Wow. All right, moving on. We got the Colorado Avalanche versus the Arizona Coyotes. Let me hear it. This one for me will be quick. The Colorado Avalanche—they look like a Stanley Cup contender to me. Yeah, I believe that they're going to easily dismantle Arizona. Although they have a gritty game, they won't be able to handle the pressure the Avalanche are throwing at them constantly with guys like McKinnon, Landeskog. You really just think to name so? a few. You know, Kale McCarr, star defenseman. So Probably going to win the rookie of the year. So good. He should win it. So I really believe that this game's going to be a sweep, honestly, for. I a think sweep? that Arizona won't be able to. I don't think Arizona will get a game this time. I could see going 5 2, but I don't think they get to game 6. A sweep? I I give them the benefit of the doubt. I have it going 7. I cause Really? Arizona can buzz. Arizona can get the job done. They can. Colorado, like you mentioned, they have, you know, real good players, but I'm not sold on them whatsoever. I'm not that crazy about Grubauer in that. And as far as their That's bottom true. their bottom six concerned and, you know, their 
their top six for defense, you know, I, I'm not crazy about it. I don't think they really have that much depth, contrary to what everyone says. Um, you know, their, their third pair defense isn't that interesting. Uh, even their second pair defense, you know, they're okay. You know, they get the job done, but, you know, they don't really wow you. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't really lock down that many people. Kale McCarr, gross. So good. Nathan McKinnon, top three player in the league. But, you know, apart from those guys, you know, I I feel Arizona is is going to fight for it. They're going to make Colorado work for this series. It, it's not going to be mm -hmm. some, some breeze. You know, they're going to make them fight. For the last series, we're going to head over to the Dallas Stars versus the Calgary Flames. Let's hear Okay. The classic 3-6 matchup. Um, Dallas, to me, they got swept in the round robin. Did they? They No, they, they beat the Blues the last game. Yeah, they won it in, in a overtime. Dallas, to me, they're a lot like Arizona, a lot like the Islanders. They play a boring game. It's not fun to watch. Right. They have some star players for sure, you know. You can't forget about Jamie Benn. They got a great defenseman, young defenseman, Miro Heiskanen. But I could really see Calgary taking a series. Calgary's good. I they love just had Cal a great series against um who'd they play six? Who'd Calgary play last time? Calgary played Winnipeg. the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, although Winnipeg did get very unlucky with Shifley going down early in that series, um, I think Calgary would have won regardless of Shifley being there. They played very well. Right. And um, I don't know. This is going to be one of the closest series, I think, that we're going to watch. Yeah. And I could really see um, the Calgary Flames going on top of the Dallas Stars in six games, possibly seven. That's exactly what I, I have Calgary in six. I I just love this team. They're gritty. They can score. They can play defense. They got you know solid goaltending, and you know Dallas Dallas can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but they can't do everything. You know Ben Bishop, unreal goaltender, almost seven feet on skates. Sheesh. But um, as far as you know scoring, they don't really have like a go-to guy. Like Joe Pavelski can net it. He's a former forty-goal scorer. Um, but, uh, apart from that, you know, I don't, I don't really see any guy on their roster that's really dangerous. Uh, Calgary, you know, they got several guys, you know, they got Matthew Kachuk, uh, Johnny Hockey, um, you know, just, just a lot of guys who can really get it done where you don't really need to rely I believe, on one guy. I believe Calgary is just playing with a chip on their shoulder recently. Like yeah. they seem like they really want it. Yeah, they're they out really for blood. want this. They're going balls to the wall, very gritty, very fast. Yeah, and I don't think that um, they're going to be able, Dallas is going to be able to handle the style of play that the Flames are going to throw at them. I feel Dallas can hang in for a little bit, but as the series goes along, Calgary's just going to wear them out with their just overwhelming style play with everything. And, you know, mm -hmm. Dallas is just going to see uh, an early exit in the bubble as a result. But you mentioned before Shifley going down early game one of the Calgary-Winnipeg series. I want to hear your take on that whole instance because in the clip you see Shifley go down uh, after Matthew Kachuk coming in from behind. 
and you see his skate rise up a little and he makes contact with the back of Shifley's leg and instantly you see Shifley, you know, screaming in agony, uh, you know, clutching his ankle immediately falling to the ground and just, you know, uh, flailing on the ground screaming. Uh, I, I want to hear your take on that and uh, do you feel that Kachuk is responsible for that whole instance? Do you feel like it was intentional or just a freak accident? Um, personally, I, I mean, I saw what the Jets coach said, how he said that it was on purpose. Right. Me, I, I just feel like it looks like a rough hockey play. I feel like Kachuk's going in there. He he does let up. Like, he could have hit him from behind. He, yeah. he doesn't do any of that. I believe that he was just going in. I think his skate might have caught him accidentally. Right. You know, I would never want to see someone do that on purpose to someone. Obviously. Kachuk's and- the type of player that would. He's that type of player that, you know, he gets into those situations. Yeah, he probably I- shouldn't be in, just like Marshan does, but... I agree. Um, I don't see that one being on purpose. Kachuk is definitely an easy name to blame. You know, he he's a similar name to Matt Cook a few years ago, where you know he kind of earns that reputation as you know a dirty or chippy guy, and so you see the whole scene, and you know you can understand you know Winnipeg Jets coach calling it uh, a dirty, uh, unreasonable hit, you know, intentional, whatever you want to call it, but you know it. It's just a freak accident that can happen in hockey, you know, uh, all those awkward falls. At the end of the day. Yeah. At the end of the day, that is like Winnipeg's star player, you know. Line A was already out, so yeah, and, to have Shifley go down. And everyone's going to gonna jump something. and defend him, you know. He, he's your star player. He's your captain, you know. Uh, you, you're going to see people defend him and call out Kachuk, but, you know, I, I can't blame Kachuk for that. You know, he's not going in intentionally – you know, thinking, all right, I want to cut his Achilles tendon. You know, no one, no hockey player ever has thought that going into a hit. No one's like, all right, I'm I'm going to end this dude's career by slicing his Achilles tendon with my skate. You know, it it's mm-hmm. it's just such a such a freak accident, and he's just one of those guys where, you know, you, you just throw it on him because, you know, he might seem like a guy to do that. But Kachuk has nothing yeah. but respect for his opponents. You know, he's the kind of guy where, you know, he'll get in your face. He wants you to punch him in the face. But, like, it's true. he wants to beat you at your best. He's a competitor. And, you know, he, he doesn't intentionally want to hurt anyone, you know? Um, yeah. But thankfully... I think Kachuk was a, was a great pick for the Flames also. Oh, absolutely. A great pick. Um, but, you know, I... It, it's just such a, a bad situation to see, you know. You don't want it for Kachuk, and you absolutely don't want it for Shifley. You know, we keep saying such a great player, uh, so smart, uh, knows so much about the game, nicest guy ever. Um, and, you know, thankfully, you know, we heard back that it wasn't as serious as uh, anticipated or as once thought mm-hmm. because, you know, you see in, in the clip, uh, as I mentioned before, you know, immediate reaction screaming clutching his ankle and he thought yep it's the achilles you know it's gone he's mm-hmm. gone um but thankfully it's much better than thought um and hopefully we'll see him again next year um but that just about does it for the first round matchup uh for the east and west are there any other notes you want to add before uh we conclude the discussion 
Um, I just I'm very excited for hockey to begin in about two hours. Absolutely. I can't wait. Don't be surprised if Columbus gets this win. Um, and I think that's about it. I think it's a great podcast. Awesome. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, hope to talk to you soon. Enjoy golf. Tear it up. Thank you. Take it easy. Um, Got to do it again. After maybe midway through the first round matchups or after, you know, we can do another one. Yes, sir. I'd love that. Love to have you back on. All right. Well, Take it easy. See you later. A hit to the head. <laughs> see you guys later. Take it Good easy, podcast. bro. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of A Hit to the Head. We had a lot of fun recording it, and we hope you enjoyed the content we produced with Jason Dratch on the show. We hope to have him again soon. For future episodes, stay tuned to our website or Twitter handle, at A Hit to the Head, or ahittothehead.com, where you can look at our previous episodes, as well as look at our blog posts. We hope you enjoyed, and stay tuned for future episodes.